Welcome to the DILF Podcast, as in Dad, I'd Like to Friend. I'm your host, Kevin Selden, and the following episode is the second in our Expect the Unexpected series, where we invite unexpected dads to provide the often too rare opportunity to explore feelings on pending fatherhood, and then welcome them back a few months later to see how any of those fears measured up to the realities of parenthood. Interestingly, this episode was actually one of the first episodes we ever recorded, pre-COVID, with a friend who was slightly hesitant about pending fatherhood. So be forewarned, it's quite raw, honest, and definitely not safe for work. Brian. First of all, my wife and I are in love with Brian and Sandy. That is Brian's wife. Mostly Brian, me. Mostly Brian. We have done theme nights for a couple of years now. Almost four, four years. Four years, yeah. So we do theme nights where we pick a theme and then everything from the movie we watch to the dinner we serve to our outfits. Used to be outfits. Used to be yeah, outfits. Yeah, it's too lazy to do outfits We now. used it's to do a photo booth after every night, but yeah. we no longer do Nobody's that. got expendable income anymore. <laughs> you have a baby, I have a baby. I can't be spending you know, money on 10-gallon foam hats <laughs> and uh, bathing suits like we used to. So, What are some of the themes we've done? We did um, pop was a theme, and we did yeah. popcorn chicken, and we did... Um, champagne popsicles. What did we watch? Did we watch Gremlins? We did watch yeah, Gremlins because they, they pop. Yeah, because yeah, they exactly. pop out of the back of the Mogwais and become Gremlins. You we did Funeral wet. and we did Deli Platters mm-hmm. and we watched um, Better Off Dead. Yeah, Better Off Dead. We did New York style uh, steak nights, right? We watched uh, oh, Big Business. Oh, we did, was oh, it Vegas or Big Business? It was Honeymoon in Vegas. Oh, okay. But we also did Big Business, and I think that was like a Minnesota night. Minnesota was hot it? Oh, dish like night hot dishes? Like okay. That. Well, we thought everything would change when my wife and I had a kid. But luckily for us, Wyatt is a good sleeper, and yeah. he hangs out a little, and then I put him to bed, and then we do our theme night, and he sleeps through it because we used a blender when he was a little kid just to make sure he could sleep through any night. Ah, nice. That's clever. It was really clever. You're also <laughs> setting him up for a good career if he goes into, like, the mining industry, which I presume he will. I mean, not every Selden can can stay so close to the tree, you know, be successful, uh, intelligent, and so cerebral. So I believe uh, probably you better hope, then they don't pass the legislation out of all those mines in Pennsylvania because you got to ship that kid out. That's true. Because I, I feel like my dad was a dentist, and I feel like I broke the chain. My grandpa was a dentist, and Wyatt loves grabbing teeth. Oh, I wonder wow. if he's going to go back, <laughs> go back and break, you know, I want to be a dentist. Yeah. So, um, so when uh, Laura got pregnant, you all know from past episodes, it took us a while, I was felt like I was so ready. I was so excited. And then we got pregnant and then it was like, what the freak is happening? I was very much a nervous wreck. Um, and my, one of my biggest concerns I recall was bottles. Cause I felt like everyone said, Oh, you never know which kind of bottle your kid's going to like. So it's like, you got to get all of them. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, same thing with diapers. And it was like, how are we going to select which ones? And I don't know how many to buy. And you know, what are we? And I got a little, partly my OCD of being like, there's too much to organize in this kitchen. I don't understand what any of it is. And I was the one doing the registry and I was very much attempting to get very organized. And I didn't know how to do it until I met the kid and, uh, and the kid really showed you how to organize the, 
Maybe he is. Maybe he is coming, falling pretty close to the tree. Then maybe he's more OCD than I realized. He did not. He definitely did not help organize. But he, well, he didn't care as much, you know, about. He doesn't have my sensitive skin. He doesn't give a shit about the diapers. Right. Yeah. Uh, he'll poop and stay in his poop for hours and not care. Um, some Sounds babies like cry the second he the second the baby poops. The you know some kids go not so. Wyatt does not care. Um, yeah, see, I guess that's something I can't even foresee that. Like, we don't even know the name for the kid yet because we have a couple different names. We're like, ah, we'll see what she looks like. But we know Let's she's a she. We know she's a she. Well, we don't we know what that. she'll identify as. But yeah, we yeah, we don't want to. We don't want to presume anything. In, Most in likely a vagina. 2019 or tw- 2020 when this airs probably. But yes, uh, she will have a vagina. Whether or not she identifies that as a vagina or not is up to her, I suppose. But yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of unknowns. Although you mentioned the bottles thing. That was like, you know, you'd ask me what, what were concerns were. That was one thing is like the whole like getting the baby to latch on to the bottle and feeding the baby with the bottle. That's one thing I'm a little worried about. Like, is the baby going to take the bottle? Is it going to be easy? Is it going to be pain in my butt, you know, to try to get this baby to take this when the baby, all the baby wants is the boob? So I, I feel like um, some people might think that this podcast is the type of thing where I'm going to be giving advice. I'm really, in my life, I do like to give advice. I'm going to try very hard on this podcast to not give advice because mm-hmm. I think that every kid is so very different. And I think the important thing is to ask the question so that other people can listen and say, oh my God, I had that question too. Now I'm not so scared to, yeah. to vocalize it. Or for a lot of moms, which seems to be one of our target demos, for them to be like, oh, so husbands have that, my dads have that question too. That's yeah. great. You know, so I can bring my husband in and, and help him feel a little more involved. Cause a lot of times the moms handle the registry and the moms handle a lot of things. And I, in my uh, neurotic way, have been trying to get Brian to talk about how life is going to change when the baby comes <laughs> for like eight months and he has refused to answer well, <laughs> or discuss it. In fact, so much so that Laura was like, they left early our last theme night because you kept harassing them about baby stuff and they didn't want to talk about it. So we texted, assuming that they would say, no, that's not true. And Brian was like, it's true. You're annoying and you keep talking about the baby and we don't want that's, to talk about it. That's not all true. I So no, I was just exceptionally tired. I had, I had slept so bad that night. So no, it wasn't all baby stuff. Um, but it was a lot of baby stuff because you like talking about the baby. I like have a podcast baby. about it. So this is like, thank God if there was like a sex addict, you know, and I was your wife, at least this was like, you'd have someone else to go and, and have sex with, with this baby talk. So thank God for that. But, um, but no, I mean, well, it also is one of those things where, yeah, I guess I am, I'm the, the kind of guy where I, I kind of go with the flow a lot more. I think like you're, yeah. you're more concerned like more organized mentally probably than I yeah. am more like rigid. It's like, okay, I have to prepare this and this and this. And I'm more of the kind of like, it'll be fine. You know, like, and that's where most of it, I look at, and I go, you know what? All the people that are much, much dumber and far more inept than me, far, you know, are, are poorer than me empirically. If we're going to compare salaries have kids that are fine. Yeah. So I look at that and I go, I, 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 I shouldn't worry too much about this. I like you know? that. Yeah, and, but I now, but I do. I still do have some 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 concerns, which I'll bring up later on. But, but let's you know, let's not part, even let's dive into. We're diving. Okay, I got because yeah. I got my my list here on my. I asked Brian to make a 7. little uh, to to in advance to make a little list of some concerns you might have. Yep. You know, just so we could kind of vocalize those and hear out some things that that y'all might be feeling as well. Yeah, well, and some are some are basic stuff. Like you know, it's when like I mean just. I'm worried about, like, even, you know, with your baby, I'm getting more comfortable with it, but, you know, I was holding your baby before you recorded this, and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm very paranoid about, like, holding the baby the right way. You know the soft spot on the head? Yeah. That terrifies me. Yeah. Like, I'm terrified of it, because I'm like, I have big, big hands. You know, I'm like, 
What if I'm just I'm doing something else and I'm holding this baby and I'm just like, whoop, ah. Pop my finger through that little softy hole. I can tell you, you're you're far ahead of many in just the fact that you know that there's a soft spot. Because I did not prior to the baby coming. (laughs) You're just just like, honey, Laura, there's something wrong with our baby's head. Well, no, I just, I feel like you, um, I knew that the baby was forming, so I was very delicate with him. But it was like, I was told... uh, during one of our first appointments of the soft spot, and I was like, oh, I, I did not even notice that was there. <laughs> but I feel like the fact that you have you have enough friends with babies and you've heard that, it's it's nice to know all these things, but they solve themselves when you pick them up. But I I also know that me saying that is not going to mean anything until yeah, you until actually pick actually up your it. baby. So that's why I'm trying to just let give you the space to actually hear some of the concerns. So the yeah. first concern is about being delicate yeah, with exactly. the baby girl. Yeah, being delicate and just... And, and not, you know, not like a clumsy oaf, but yeah, I, I worry about that. Um, so I worry about being delicate. I also worry a little bit about, I guess, like my reaction to changing diapers and stuff. You know, I mean, I have two dogs, so they have massive gross craps all the time. Yeah. But I do worry a little bit about that. Is it going to really gross me out? You know, is it going to, I mean, like, see, you know, I'm, you know, I'm obviously a man getting a little girl. And so there's that, you know, S of like, oh, great. I can't wait to see this, you know, feces covered tiny vagina. And deal with that over and over again. And I'm like, is Hopefully that, the is feces isn't covering horrible? the vagina. I, I hope not, but man, I, I don't know. Like, I just don't know. Hopefully it'll be covering the butt and not the vagina, because that could be a little I bit know. of an infection or something. Yeah. I have a boy, so I don't know. Yeah, so that's the thing. It's some, but I'm, I'm really worried about that. And like, and yeah, infections and stuff uh, up in there. And I guess my wife will be able to help with that. Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like from what I've heard... Again, complete novice when it comes to baby girl, but it's as easy as the wipe. You know what I mean? Oh, She'll yeah. tell you. It's you. I don't remember if it's. I think you wipe down because if you wipe up, you yeah, you wipe put, up. You're like messing it up, up in there. Exactly, you get it all up in there. So I think you wipe down, and I think that's how all women do it. So, but I don't know. We'd have to ask. No, we can't. We can't presume. I know people that stand up to wipe their butts and stalls. Do you? Uh, yeah, do no, I mean, you don't. Yeah, I do. What? Is that how Are I you do? kidding me? This is a revelation on the Delph podcast. Wait a second, you stand use... up to wipe? Yeah, that is the worst possible way to do it. Because you sit down and you reach under. Well, see the no, problem. No, is... you, don't, you don't reach through your legs. You lift the cheek like you're sneaking a fart out. You lift the cheek and you. Get I've in never there. done that in my life. I've snuck the hand under, and it's like if I my hand dips in there, I'm dead. Dude, no, you're doing it the wrong way. Did... Okay, you're the wrong so way. Now. Let me educate you now. Like, I'm clearly going to be a better father than you. We already know that from this <laughs> conversation. Dude, no, you lift your, you, you tilt, you know, you shimmy to the left and tilt your butt cheek up and you get in there and you wipe front to back under the seat. Because if you stand up, you're mushing all your crap back together between your cheeks. That's, your cheeks are nicely spread apart over the, the toilet. Why would you want to mush that up back together by standing up to wipe? I'm not going to agree to disagree on this one. I think that it makes sense what you're saying. I don't know that I'm going to change it. Well, you should try it and see. It's been a lot of years. You can access. I mean, your access is so much open. So much more open. A 30-year revelation. I mean, you're getting up there. It's just crazy to hear this. Okay. Moving on. Ridiculous. Moving on. Um... Oh, this one? It sounds like you're a wiping expert, though. I'm not concerned about that. I, You know me. Every time I'm over here, I think I've gone to the bathroom. That's true. It's really hard. I have a, I have a quick metabolism. Um, I'm worried about sleeping position. For the baby. Yeah, I know. I can read up on it, I guess, and make sure, but I'm just, like, paranoid about it. Like, the baby's going to sleep wrong, and, like, you know, something horrible's going to happen. And that right. also, that combined with the boogers in the nose thing, where, yes. like, they can't breathe, so that I'm, I'm like, very concerned about. Like the boogers, like sucking the boogers out thing. Yeah. When you, how do you know when to suck the boogers? 
Is it easy to do? Because I'm terrified of doing it. Um, Even to myself, I'd be terrified of doing it. So in the hospital, they gave us one of those... Um, the booger suckers. N- well, it, they look like a turkey baster. <laughs> right, yeah. You just squeeze it, you put it up, and then you let go, and it just How do you sucks. clean them? Uh, we just put... We go... Uh, we squeeze it back and forth in the sink until it gets filled with water, and then we push it out like that. Okay. Pretty simple. But to be very honest with you, again, every child is so different and again i'm not here to answer more just to give you the space to ask but i will say that um this there is such an amazing amount of questions that i had that i realized did not really matter Mm. for the first month at least and there's so much new stuff in the month that you should not feel bad coming up with a billion questions but so much of it is going to be a moot point when the baby first comes home because when the baby first comes home, the baby can't even roll over, let alone crawl. Yeah, that's true. So when you put the baby down, it's the least thing that I was scared. I just needed to make sure that there was nothing near the crib that he could grab and put and get over his face. It's mm-hmm. just completely clear. There's nothing else in, in the, you know, in the bassinet or the crib or anywhere that he could grab. There's nothing else. You know, there's no stuffed animals, nothing. And so therefore, if you lay him on his back and go to the bathroom, he could be screaming for ten minutes which obviously you wouldn't leave him for 10 minutes. I mean, we I sleep trained at two and a half months, and mm-hmm. that was, again, everyone's baby is so different. Our baby was bigger, and therefore slept more through the night. Yeah, yeah easier. I guess that's true. It has to do with size. Yeah. You know, how much food can they you know keep? But that being said, the difference between Brian and Sandy and my wife and myself is that Brian, Sandy, and Laura, my wife, are all a little more morning people, even though Laura doesn't admit it. And I am a night person, so for me, Mm. it was much easier to be coherent at night and work on, like, sleep training a little more. I had my brain together, and and in the morning, I was just passed out, and Laura would take them in the morning. So it's like... That's probably what it will end up being with us, too, because I know my wife, she goes to bed a lot. We both go to bed pretty early now, and that's why I was joking with you, where we're already... Set up to be baby friendly because exactly. I, sleep, I sleep so badly that I'm waking up 20 times a night anyway. And my wife is in bed at like, you know, we go to bed at eight o'clock. Yeah. So, but I think probably she would also get up early and I'd be more likely to be like you and stay up later if I had the, the choice. And that's what I'm sure what she would want to. Yeah. I feel, well, let's keep going because I feel like the yeah. point of this podcast is raw and honest. And I, I think there's no question that you can't ask. Well, it's going to get much that, more raw and honest. Oh, I like that. This is going to be the good, here we're and, getting to the good And before stuff. we get in, I'm curious to know, just to give a little background, have you uh, worked at all on the registry? Do you know what any of these things are? I do. Yeah, I do. I mean, Sandy did most of the work and yeah. also like you gave us a lot of registry stuff to put on there. So no, she did most of the work, but like I know... I know the kind of the basics of it, you know. But again, I'm, I'm like, I'll figure this out. It can't be. It's not rocket science. Exactly. With the things, you know, like the baby things. I'm like, it's all, I've used tools, you know, like like an evolved ape that I am. I've used the tools um, over the course of my life where these things look enough like tools I've used that I presumably can figure it out. And with Google and YouTube, to be yeah. honest, yeah. you could figure out anything. Everyone's done a video on absolutely everything. Yeah. I ironically did the registry and I didn't understand how half the things worked until you actually do them. It's not yeah. like I tested them out when we got them. They just <laughs> no, sat exactly. in a corner. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? That's what ours are doing. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, when it gets here, I'll figure it out. Which means but, I'll probably be sticking bottles in my baby's ears. That, that, I mean, the joke is when you take her home, you will need very little. But yeah. like maybe a swaddle blanket, which yeah, yeah. you'll learn how to swaddle. And you can Google that too if you don't know. And it's like... A swaddle blanket, Sandy's boob, if mm-hmm. Sandy breastfeeds. You oh, know, yeah, she's on the bottle. Um, 
you know, and if she can't breastfeed or something's wrong, it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, you can figure out a bottle and formula and it's, you know, either way can work. I will say I don't want to know what the breast milk tastes like. I have no interest. Really? I have no interest. Because I could I've, see I've you being told, someone that tastes everything. I, you know what? Usually I am a person who likes to try and taste things. And I also like other people too, which is a fight between me and my wife where I constantly want her to try things and she constantly says she does not want to try them. And have you tasted very your own? Angry. Have you tasted your own? My own cum? Mm-hmm. I never have. I have I, never. I have no interest. In I know. I well, I, someone said it tasted like glue or something. I'm like, I don't... Or bleach. I've heard I bleach. Don't know. If I was going to, I'd cheat, though. I'd eat, like, a bunch of pineapple. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, would, I would make sure that it was... I would, I would... It would be, like, advocacy research. I would make sure that I got the answer that I was looking for, which is that this tastes good. This See, is, what, I this thought that... I here. would think that you would because I don't taste anything. I'm scared of everything. <laughs> so I'm like, I would... But you're braver. You know? I just... I don't know. When it comes to bodily fluids, I'm like, eh... I'm going to taste the butts. Got to get a little kink in there. I've tasted the breast milk. Yeah. But mostly because when Laura got larger because of the baby, mm-hmm. you know, um, the boobs got larger, um, they were very appealing. Yeah, yeah. And okay, I agree she with did that. not want me anywhere near them because she was like, these are for the they're, baby. They're, and she was sensitive? like, very, no, it was, they were sensitive, but when the baby came out, she was like, these are, it's confusing for me now. Because they're not sexual things anymore. Uh, like, my baby is feeding from those, so it's weird when you want to touch them. Oh, interesting. And so, fu- well, eventually... that's why I've been making sure to touch them all throughout this lead-up. <laughs> I touch them at least once a day, I give them a good squeeze. But, but now that she's gotten a little more comfortable, when we are intimate, the nipple does not know if it's the baby or me. So, sometimes uh, I get a little, out. and I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> sweet. That's really... That's what I heard. It's like sweet and sour. Like, it is. Like, uh, I, it's, I don't think you'll think it's gross. Well, if it happens, it happens, but I'm not seeking it You're out. not I'll seeking it out. I'm not going out of it. You don't have to, like, drink it out of the bottle. You could just... No. Well, I, I don't know. What's weirder? I don't know. I think it's weird to drink out of the bottle. I don't think anything's weird. What am I talking about? Yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll see how it works out. Um, so, yeah. So, you said you did actually go through some of the things on the registry. You know how... I know what the things are for. I know what they're all for. Because um, I remember we got... You got us our car seat. And we, installing it, it was extremely intimidating to me. Really? And then once we did, because I was, like, confused, confused, and then the second it clicked in, I was like, oh, this is this is easy. It was, ever. yeah, super easy. It was, like, it was it, the most the intimidation. Hospital, we were, yeah, we went through the hospital walkthrough, which, by the way, was the most annoying thing I've ever had to do in my entire life. Full of idiots yeah. and morons asking the stupidest questions. I guess there's no dumb questions, but these there people are, ask That's the point of this questions. episode. Well, well, listen to me out there. There are dumb questions and your idiots shouldn't ask them. What kind of dumb questions did you Just ask? like, we were at a, we were at the uh, the hospital and these people were, well, this is an example of a dumb question. We're at the, you know, they're like, here's a room. And they're like, okay. So they tell me like, there's a list of people you can say, can come up and see the baby. And like, well, what if we don't want, what if we want, don't want people to come up and see the baby? She's like, that's fine. Don't have anybody on your list. And she's like, well, what if people want to come? Like, well, that's on you to tell them not to come, isn't it? And I was like, it was just one of those stupid things. Like, look, I want to get out of here. Like, you're wasting all my time here. <laughs> you know, I'm sick of standing in this hospital room. So just that was one example. Most of, most of the questions were just, just aggravating. But in more, the hospital, well, I want were, more aggravating. Making, what's an aggravating question aside from that? Oh, God, man. I don't know. I, I, honestly, I was sick with a cold at the time, which is probably great. Walk through the hospital coughing all over the baby's clothes. But I, I can't remember. There were a few other ones that were just like, they were just things that were so obvious to me, and I wish I could give you more specific examples. Well, they also had all these papers printed out information, right? And the woman walked us through each and every paper for an hour. 
That's their and job. Then, that's what then, they're no, there. no, no. Walked us through every paper for an hour. And then went, now remember, you can find all of these papers. They're printed out right behind you. So I was like, if they're right behind me and they're printed out, why did I just have to listen to you talk to me about them for an hour when I could read them at home in 10 minutes without these idiots asking questions every four minutes? Maybe, look, I'm just, I'm one of those people. I'm not a good person for patience, which actually comes up. You want to hear that? Yes, yeah, keep going. Next baby okay. question. Um, here's one of the concerns. Will I have the patience to be a good parent with my baby? I think that almost everyone has that concern. Yeah. And a lot of people, I funny, because I, I did some reading on concerns that dads have prior to um, Brian coming in. And there was one thing that someone wrote very vulnerably and courageously. And he said, I was raised by a single mom. I do not have a father figure. And I was worried about patients. And I knew it would be hard. And when the baby came home, it's worse than hard. It's impossible. Mm. And everyone said, because it's my baby, you'll love the child and you will find patience. And he said, and I don't have patience. And I, I'm holding the baby and I love the baby and I don't have patience. What do I do? And um, I thought that was a very brave question. I think a lot of people aren't brave enough to, to ask that or admit that, mm. which I think impounds and gets worse and worse when you hold it inside. Yeah, yeah, and you don't talk Because you it. feel like shame to, to say that you're like, I don't, you know, sick of hell my baby. This is the, yeah. you know, it's frustrating me. But yeah, I mean, I, it's a legit concern for me. And, and I'm not a patient person in general. You know, if there's a line at, and the thing my, my wife and I fight about too, if there's a line, if we're trying to go somewhere uh, and I see four people in line, I'm like, nope, next place. Like, I just can't. So... Well, I know it's my baby, and, I sh- and I'm, I'm sure I will love this baby death, but I do, I get, uh, and, th- and it ties into another thing, I'll, I'll give you a, the second part of this question, this worry, is, and this is a big one, I, I am, I'm worried I'm, I will be uninvested in my child, or I'll find that, or uninterested in my baby compared to other things, you know, if, will I find myself torn away, because maybe I want to look at my phone, maybe I want to watch TV, maybe I want to play video games, Whatever it might be, I'm worried that my baby is not going to be is going to be more of a an annoyance to me than a joy, yeah. or a something where I'll be like, this baby is a distraction to me, and I thought I wanted this baby, and now I'm finding that I don't want this baby. I I would like to say that I had a concern going into act. I wasn't concerned. I was excited, but I thought I was going to have to pull a lot of shit out of Brian, and I'm <laughs> very impressed that the vulnerability of that question, which I think a lot of people feel, but people don't yeah. say out loud. So, A, I, I commend you for even putting that down and acknowledging it. And I think that, in my opinion, the road to answering that is in two parts. One, admitting it, which is what you just did. Like, the last episode Laura and I did was called Acknowledgement. And it was mm-hmm. a lot about dealing with crap that the two of us have built up as co-parents. You know, irritations. Yeah, even yeah. prior to the baby. That has been hurting us as co-parents because we're still irritated about it. So kind of just talking about it aloud and getting it out so we could acknowledge it in each other and just kind of release it and be clear and, and start fresh. So I feel like that's the same thing with you acknowledging that statement. I think in the very beginning, when they come home, and again, every child is different, but the eyes were closed most of the time because it's dark in the womb for like nine months. Mm -hmm. So they're not really used to light or sounds. So there's a lot of crying because it's just like, what in the hell is this place? So I tried to have a lot of empathy for the fact that this is a big, weird, loud, bright world, Mm. you know? So we tried to dim the lights a little. We tried to just be loving and, you know, quiet and... I played soft songs throughout the first few months of his life that actually became his sleepless. So it was like Pavlov's dog, yeah. the songs that That's he could idea. be used to. 
you know, and I made the playlist in advance. So, you know, we were used to it just energy wise. This is a little for 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 people, but like positive songs that didn't have any kind of um, negativity in them and were soft and didn't have upbeats. No, no peaches, no, uh, like you wanted me. You know? No salt and pepper. Yeah. No salt and pepper. <laughs> um, but definitely, I remember moments when Wyatt was crying, and on on Laura's boob, which was like her secret weapon, he was very safe and comfortable. I mean, he knows his mom's scent. He knows his mom's voice. He was inside of her. Yeah. You know. That being said, a lot of times he wanted mom, and I felt a bit rejected. And when it was the middle of the night, and I was trying to calm him down, and a lot of times I, I did the bottles, you know, for the first, you know, most of his first year of life, I did nighttime feeds. And, um, and that was helpful to help me bond, but he was mostly asleep. So mm-hmm. I was bonding, but he was like <laughs> sleeping. Now that being said, when he would wake up and he would be crying, it was intense crying. And yeah. I knew if I just woke up at mom and gave the baby the boob, the crying would stop immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the beginning, I would do that sometimes, but then sometimes I felt like Laura needed sleep. Mm-hmm. And so I would let her sleep and I would rock him. And there could be an hour where I was rocking um, and I just had to not give up. But that being said, prior to that revelation, um, there were one or two moments when I was trying everything on the ball. You know, we had that... that um, oh, yeah, like the yoga ball? bouncing and rocking and singing songs and everything. And I, at one point, just, like, called out. It was the middle of the day. And I said, I can't do it, Laura. Like, you take them. And that is not me. Yeah. You know, like, like I needed a break. That is not something I ever thought I would do. But I think it was because of some of what you said. Um, you know, I just felt, I thought, I, cocky, thought that I would be a natural. And when the baby didn't take to me immediately... I was like, well, I guess I'm not good at this. Yeah. I thought I would be. Because I mean, that's definitely something, too. I, I didn't have it on my list, but just, like, my, I'm a little worried about, like, you know, what if the baby just will not stop crying and I just can't figure a way to stop this baby from crying? Is it going to be, like, make me insane? And I think that you'll find that a lot of parents say sometimes it feels like the baby will never stop crying, but that doesn't last forever. Mm-hmm. And that is where support network comes in. You know, that's where we, Laura and I come over and we deal with the crying for an hour or two and you two leave the house for a second. That's a generous you know what I mean? thing and like, And like people come by and they drop meals and, yeah. they, and they help and they hold the baby for a second. But the baby mostly, you know, is sleeping, pooping and crying. So you do have a lot of sleep time. Yeah. And, the, and one thing on crying side, which a lot of people may or may not agree with, but I have always felt the crying exhausts the baby. So that means a yeah, little more sleep. Eventually sometimes. it has to stop. The baby is going to run out of energy. So I just got to not feed the baby during that time. I mean, with, <laughs> with Wyatt, he always needed a win. Like he's, yeah. he's strong-willed like his mom. So it was like, you know, I, he doesn't want to sleep. He doesn't want to sleep. Okay, I'll pick you up and I'll walk you around the house for a second in the dark. And it's like, uh, he feels heard. He feels oh, like right. he yeah, got his yeah. way a little. And then, okay, now I'll go to bed. Yeah. You know, now granted, <laughs> uh, a lot of these things, you know, you don't know when they're first come out and a lot of it is just making them feel safe. Yeah. You know, I repeated, I, one night I bounced him for an hour just saying, you're safe. You're safe. And I was like, am I insane? Am I so (laughs) But now it's kind of a word that works with him. Yeah. You know, just like everything's all right. You're safe. You know, but that being said, I think it's a very valid concern, but I honestly think that that's why you have a support network and there will absolutely be times 
that um, you're exhausted because it, this is the real world, yeah. you know, and it's not going to be perfect. And, um, and the truth is that is why you're very lucky to have a teammate. Yeah. Some people don't have that. No, it's really true. You know, and so you can pass you can pass off to each other and you can take breaks when you need it and you may get a very quiet baby and you may get a baby that cries a lot, but at the end of the day it doesn't last forever. It yeah. just doesn't, you know? And uh, and it and the hard thing they say and I agree with about the first 3 months is um, you've heard about this fourth trimester thing? Uh, from you. So the concept being that it takes a year to make a baby. And the baby comes out at nine months almost because the baby is, if the baby was bigger, then you couldn't get it out of the vagina. (laughs) You know, and so basically the baby comes out, but it's still growing for another three months. And so the baby is not like fully formed, hence the soft spot, hence all these. So you're taking this baby out of its safe place, but yet it's still got three months of, I don't have a personality per se, you know, sometimes the baby will smile at you, but a lot of times it's like, I'm pooping, I'm crying, I'm eating, I, you know, I'm just forming. So it's like during those three months, it's kind of like, okay, I'm going to brace my, that's why I think it's crazy when people don't do full maternity and paternity leave, because it's like, that's a crazy three months. And everyone, some people um, are supportive with it, and some people you know, like in the entertainment industry when they make you work your ass off and they won't help you because they're like, I had to go through shit, <laughs> right. so you have to go through shit. Yeah. And it's like some people feel that way. Oh, welcome to that first three months. But when that's over um, and you'll have beautiful moments during it, yeah. but when it's over and the baby laughs at one of your jokes or just smiles or gets <laughs> my something. Not, my baby's not going to get my jokes until she's about 15. <laughs> I may just get a smile that you do or something. I feel like... You, uh, everything melts away. Yeah. But well, I have another, I, I, this is, so my last thing I wrote down, and this is probably too early because, well, I don't know, it's not too early because you, you take Wyatt out to like Gymboree and stuff and all like that during the day sometimes, right? Yeah. So you're interacting with other parents. Yeah. I, my last concern was that, and it's funny because you're talking about the support network and like, oh, having people that can come and help you and take the baby. I swear to God, man, I am very concerned about going in and, being tossed into this baby world with baby parents. And I know like I have enough friends. I don't want or need any more friends. And I am, I'm very worried that I'm going to be forced into relationships with a bunch of just drip ass people that I have no interest in hanging out with or spending time with. But because we now have babies that are in the same location that we will be forced to hang out. That's so fascinating. So I feel like we're in a very different place in that I, you have a lot of friends that have had kids at the same very time. Very recently, period, yeah. So I have a lot of friends right now. Which is spectacular. That yeah. And I don't think you, um, I don't think any friends are going to be forced upon you unless you want them. And that that's where Laura would take on people that I was like, I don't really know why yeah. you want to have them over. <laughs> yeah, Laura's so like, because we need someone. That's but you, you're not going to have the empty schedule. You have so many friends that have kids. Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. You know, that you'll... It's it's like you're allowing them in because you're desperately lonely for yeah. company and no one else wants to hang with you because <laughs> they don't want to be around a crying baby. Right, but you then know? people are like, yeah, we're used to crying babies. Yeah, Exactly. Well, I guess... And that's the thing. It might be too early, too, because I know as I get, as kids get older and, like, you know, why it's... He's not going to birthday parties yet, I presume. So exactly. Maybe, you have a few years... I mean, I'm yeah. rushing. I can't wait for the time where we can, like make more parent friends because I'm desperate for more parent friends. And I've talked before, like as a dad, I feel like being home with him, the moms avoided me like the plague. And I feel like it was hard (laughs) to find dads. Yeah. 
with kids the same age because they're like, let's go to the zoo. Let's go. And I'm like, I can't really do that with yeah, my Yeah, what do I, is it going to be me going to the zoo and he'll just be attached to me. Exactly. And, but that is one thing that a friend of mine who, I, who will be coming on in a future episode introduced to me. He was on a paternity leave and, um, and he taught me the first few months because um, I, I took Wyatt on my own around month three. Mm. You know, that's when it became just me. And, um, and that is when I started to own it more. And I, I think going back to your point about concerns with being irritated or being distracted by other things, I think it's a choice. Mm. And I think that if your phone is there, it is very easy to grab your phone. Yeah. And the phone is much more comfortable because you're familiar with it. And so therefore you're going to, you might very likely choose your phone. There's why it's screaming in the background. Um, you might very likely choose your phone and the things you're comfortable with. I think that it's ideal and not many would do this, but I think it's important if you put your phone away and those distractions yeah. away and you're committed to embracing this new person, then the, with the distractions eliminated, you bond. But if, if I do a this... best of both worlds thing and I just have my phone on me, but I have it on the camera mode, so looking at my baby through the camera, but I can still see text. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we talk, there's a future episode that we're working on about quality versus quantity. A lot of people keep their phones next to them, and then when no. they beep, they just look at it because then they feel a part of it. I think that it's better to spend an hour of quality time mm -hmm. without the phone than three hours with your phone next to you. But that's when your baby gets a little older. I've been trying to do it with my wife, and it hasn't taken with her, but hopefully my baby. Because <laughs> I just think that at the end of the day, I, I totally think it's such a valid concern that what if uh, I'm annoyed, you know? And the truth is, you will be. Yeah. Because the hard thing is, you think to yourself, this is my kid. Of course I'm going to love my kid. How can I ever be annoyed with them once they come out? They're partly me. But they're a human. And at the end of the day, they're not going to agree with everything you want on your timeline. And that is difficult. And you can't often rationalize with them because they don't understand it necessarily yet. But it, you can talk to them and eventually they will. You know, I think Wyatt understands things before a lot of people do because we've been talking to him since he was born, mm -hmm. you know. But that being said, I, we don't know who your kid will be. But I do think that these are very valid concerns. The good news is, you honestly don't have to worry about much of that for the first few months. It's right, like survival yeah. the first few months. You won't even touch most of the registry things. You won't, you won't have to worry about, in earnest, about do I like this kid yet? You're just trying to get through the day, know that it's a tough three months. But that being said, I think there'll be a lot of cool times during those moments. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> and at the end of the day, do you think that there's anything that could have prepared you more? Well, yeah, there could have been a lot to prepare me more. I could have read all the 75 books that people sent me. I didn't do any have of that. Have you read any of them? I've read some of them, a little bit, not a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, people send me so many books, and I'm like, I don't know, I'm busy. I'm busy. I didn't read it. And again, I just, I just, I'm like, I'll figure it out, man. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm just, I'm just not that concerned with it. And I figure, like, if I can't figure it out on my own, then I'll look to the books. Yeah. But I don't want to, like, I almost don't want to fill my head with all these specific things of do's and don'ts and, you know, and, and things which, like you were talking about, may not work on my baby and I may not want to do. And I don't want to, like, be forced into doing these things because some book says to do them. I'd rather just kind of go through the experience and then see, okay, this is working, this is not working. I mean, the only thing I would really pay attention to would be, like, the, you know, safety stuff. 
Yeah. Other than that, though, I just, I don't know, man. Like, people give me, you know, books on bonding with daddies and bonding with their daughters. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just going to see how it goes. I, I, I think I that's don't brilliant. Really, uh, overprepared. I think it's a brilliant perspective. And then it gives you a chance to actually, with open mind, you know, to experience who this kid is with all these preconceived notions. And I'm very excited to welcome you back in a few months once you have the kid and see which one of these concerns actually applied. And if, earnestly, you feel that any of them were valid after the fact. I mean, they're valid feelings, but at the end of the day, did they actually come to fruition? Because I think a lot of the shit we make up in our heads are not actually something that we have to be concerned about. Well, it's been too much baby talk. I gotta go, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to following up with Brian later and hearing from all of you at a later date as well. Thank you so much. Have a good day. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with other parents and expectant dads. And if you're intrigued to hear all the ways that Brian has evolved with his now eight-month-year-old daughter, I invite you to listen to the follow-up episode entitled, A Dad is Born. Until next time.